I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Christy. She's the mother of a child who lives with Ponty Cerebellar Hypoplasia Type 3. God, I hope I said that right. Let's talk about it. Okie dokie. Um, well, here we are. We're going we're gonna to dive into another conversation, uh, not unsimilar to one that we've had, oh, I'd say now it's probably coming up like four months ago, maybe, uh, but we're going to be having a primary caretaker conversation. Woo! Yeah, listen to all the <laughs> yeah. people. They're so stoked. Yeah. Uh, and this so week fans. we're talking to Christy, and uh, Christy, so I don't know, I really don't know a fucking thing about what it is that we're going to talk about because I've never in my life heard of, let me try this one time, Ponty Cerebellar Hypoplasia Type 3. Well, I think you have heard of it because when I was going through your archives, Katie Lewitt in 2018 is a friend of mine. Her daughter Layla has PCH2. Oh, it's PCH. PCH. Yeah, not to call you out on anything, but I did my research because I'm like, who am I talking to? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, I know that name and I've actually met them um, before wow. they passed we, away. We literally oh have a, a bit in our talks where, uh, where, where we say we talked about PCH, PNH, PVH, P, all the V's, all the H's. Yeah. yeah. So Ben so, is a PCHer. Wow. Okay. So, so now that this was, it was 2018 and we, we had that conversation in Vancouver, I believe. Yes. And what I, what I do recall from that conversation was that, um, this is a, it's PCH is a extremely rare condition, correct? Mm -hmm. So I believe Layla is type two, had type two and Ben's type three. So he's actually the most rare out of all. There's so many types now I can't even keep up but he's the most rare out of all of them. So okay. he was a little bit more common, but by common, I mean, there's still only like a hundred of them. Okay. Right. And Whoa. Ben is your son, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. He's one okay. of five or six worldwide. Of, oh, so, oh, sorry. Wow. I, I yeah. thought you meant he was one of five or six of your sons. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. oh, God. this is all right. No, five or six. Track. Where's sure this going? Yeah. Children I have. Diagnosed. As far as I know, and the research shows, and they always try and call us, obviously, wow. when something comes up, but one in five or six, depending on what in the, document in the, you read. On, the, on, on our planet. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That That's is crazy. wild. That's like So, okay, then I guess um, for a refresher for myself, because mm-hmm. um, I can't retain anything in, my, in this old noggin, um, what, what is, give me a rundown on what... PCH or Ponty cerebellar hypoplasia type three, what does that mean? Okay, so I'm like the worst mom when it comes to this. So I'm gonna give you like my version of it. It's not that, textbook. I that's feel the version, so bad. That, that's okay. the only version I give a shit about. Perfect. Um so technically it's a neurodegenerative disorder. So in terms of Ben, his 
cerebellum and pons didn't grow. So he's at like 11% of what we have. Um, so from that comes an umbrella of all this other shit. So the most common referral they make is to a CP diagnosis, but he's not really like cerebral palsy. Um, but they try and do that for funding, obviously, to try and help us out. Right. But for him, oh my gosh, from head to toe, it's like epilepsy, cortical visual impairment, um, optic nerve atrophy. He doesn't eat. Um, he eats through a tube, although we still try and bottle feed him, which looks ridiculous when you're bottle feeding your 11-year-old. But you try and maintain uh, whatever you can. So we'll right. take it. Right. Um, he's completely dependent. He's only like 38 pounds. He's a little guy. Which at first you're like, oh man, I wish he's growing, but my husband can still carry him around in one of those like Osprey backpacks. You're right. So All we right, can yeah. take him anywhere, which <clears throat> is super cool. Um, but he's like head to toe. His lungs and hearts are, are good. But aside from that, there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> right. Right. When you when you mentioned when you mentioned the the that they liken it to CP for for funding, I that's kind of something that We've talked about a lot uh, over the years of doing the show with like rare conditions that mm-hmm. by virtue of being rare, it's like funding for research yeah. and stuff is challenging because like mm-hmm. if not a lot of people have it, then it's hard to, f- it's hard to find people and who you want can't, to. And you can't get buy-in. Like right. no one cares. Like it's not necessarily a visible disability. Like if they see Ben walking down the street, walking down the street, ha <laughs> in his stroller, he looks like a big toddler you look right. closely, most people can tell something's not quite, you know, Ooh. typical. Uh. Um, but unless you really know about it, no one cares. Are you, right? are you, I don't, I don't mean for this to come off uh, insensitive, but are you mm-hmm. ever concerned about, have you ever seen that website, uh, too big for a stroller.com? No, it's Ryan. A, stop it! That's not. <laughs> no, right. I want it. I want to know. It's, it's a it's a shaming website for uh, parents who have their kids in strollers when they're. Is like, this real? Yeah, Is this fucking yes, real, yeah, Ryan? I'm not joking. Some Wait, did you find this via on TikTok? Hands. How did you come across? It was, this? I think I found it for, uh, via Reddit a while ago. I'm just gonna. Too uh, this is crazy. People don't know, right? And I'd, I'm one of those moms. I'd rather you ask me questions, whether it's an insensitive question or you just don't know how yeah. to ask it. I'd way rather someone ask than to call me out like the looks we get for parking in a disability spot like totally. fuck off like yeah, i get right. that you're older maybe and you have your own whatever's going on with your mobility but like we're not putting our toddler in a stroller we're mm. putting our 11 year old in a stroller because he's tiny and i don't have to lug around a fucking wheelchair all the time yeah, <laughs> isn't it right. interesting how distrustful people are of anybody mm-hmm. parking in a in a handicapped yeah. space like it's everybody so like wild. when people see people in a park a handicapped parking space they're like Everyone's, binoculars. everyone's looking like, out yeah. like I'm gonna, looks. I'm just gonna bear mm. I wanna I wanna yeah. see it with my own eyes. Yeah. And then I, you know I, what I kinda I tr- wish they'd come over. I'm like, let my eleven year old spit all over you. Like it's all cool. Like <laughs> I just I just dropped a link in the chat. Too big for uh, Do we need to watch do we need to yes. look at it, Brian? Or yes, is it or do. is it I, I mean I'm going through it right like. here. And it's exact yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. That's See, amazing. What's what's really like? What's really? <laughs> oh my God. This, I, this really does go to like prove that point that we all we all know this. We all know, know this to be true, which is you 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 really never know what somebody's going through. You really never know yeah. someone's like full story, right? And and like, how many times in our fucking lives do we need to be reminded of that fact? Like how many times do we catch? I, I mean, I've caught myself, you know, Every being day. that asshole who, 
who like jumps to some sort of conclusion or or you know preconceived notion and and then you know make a judgment and then how quickly I get smacked upside the head and go oh fuck you idiot you know mm-hmm. that's not that's it's not okay. hard to take a step back though I think especially right now it's been a weird weird fucking year and yeah. everyone's so Has it? involved I, I really I know no one's noticed right <laughs> involved so in their own shit that it's hard to really <laughs> take a step back and like I'm, I have a 17 year old who's going to call it college in the fall we don't know how it's gonna look yet but I'm like Avery you need to look at the little steps it's not all just like this thing like there's all these pieces that connect Mm -hmm. that you got to think outside your little bubble like you're very even with Ben her very limited bubble and you have to see what's going on because if Mm. you don't especially right now you're gonna miss shit and then you're gonna look like an asshole (laughs) and it's interesting because over the last because over the last uh god how long has it been four or five four or five months almost five months and yeah fuck five almost five months six months and um and we kind of went through waves where it was where where there was like a spike in 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 like paranoia Mm -hmm. and then there was like this wave of compassion and community like like we're all in this together and then it's sort of tipped over the edge back back to like yeah get away from me (laughs) well i think it's going to become worse obviously as september hits and we try to return to some kind of normalcy with school like all the parents of the world are going to be shitting themselves because there's so many decisions to make and who knows what's best for your family is it best for someone else but we're so quick Mm. to yell at people and like who gives a shit like do what's Mm -hmm. best for you if you are feeling good and comfortable that's all that matters Mm -hmm. really like do you? No, I don't understand why we get so involved. So <laughs> other com- people shit. Coming back to Ben's um, situation, um, he he. You, how old did you say he was? Eleven or, or twelve? He's going to be twelve next week. Oh wow! Oh, oh happy birthday! I know. Um, Exciting. Uh, you so actually so when this episode comes out, he's a twelve-year-old boy. Um, uh, when when was he? When was Ben diagnosed with PCH? Uh, so we went through the same crap that I'm sure all parents with rare children go through with, you know, we got referred to a pediatrician outside of our GP practice. We got diagnosed with failure to thrive, but at like eight months, Ben still wasn't even attempting to sit up. Like I have pictures of him kind of leaning on my feet at Sprash Parks and I was what the does, first What does that mom. mean, failure to thrive? So it's like a general diagnosis when kids maybe aren't eating or hitting milestones which is like the biggest bullshit term in the disability field because milestones or whatever um so he wasn't hitting any of that he was not eating like never had the opportunity to breastfeed which in hindsight was probably a blessing in our lives um bottle feeding is hard he didn't sit doesn't roll he was up all the time or sleeping all the time unfortunately he's grown out of the sleeping phase and now he just doesn't sleep ever um so if we went through all that crap and then we had an MRI, I think November 2009, so he's a year and a bit, um, went in for an NG tube because he wasn't eating and he was mal- malnourished, which he's still malnourished at 11, technically. Mm. Um, and it's actually our doctor who had been on the neuro circle like two months before was now on the gastro circle and she was the resident doctor. And she's like, I remember you. And she went and got our MRI results as we're getting an NG tube put in. Like, it's just like, an avalanche of shit at one time. Right. Um, so he officially got diagnosed in January 2010, I think. 
2010. Okay, so he would have been uh, two two years old? A year and a half. A year and a half? Yeah, right, okay. Dur- um, Dur- math is really I, I, hard. Christy, I, I, I don't know. You know what, Christy? You Jim, are fucking right, and I am on board with that <laughs> sentiment. I can this give is- you dates, but if you want me to count back, it's not happening. <laughs> I don't even know what math means. <laughs> What's a number? What's a number? I don't know. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is um, this is another question. That I'm not sure um, if it's insensitive or not, but uh, I'm I'm 31 years old, and and at this point in my life, a lot of my friends are having kids, mm-hmm. and you know, by the nature of recording this podcast and talking to many folks who have kids who are born with rare diseases and are caretakers for them. Um, I, I feel like I've kind of seen into that world and what that looks like. And when I have friends that, that have kids, I'm always, you know, I think hoping, hoping that they don't have to go through the same struggles that some of the people we've talked to have to. And I notice myself sometimes like looking at their kids and being like, okay, like, they seem to be healthy. They seem to be lift, holding their net, necks up. Like from from my outside perspective, it seems like they're they're doing well. It doesn't look like there's necessarily anything that is going on with that child that that may um, you know end up being this being one of these rare diseases. And I'm curious. The question that I'm I'm wondering if it's insensitive to ask, or if it's if there's any way impossible in knowing from your position, like. W- when you looked at Ben in the, that first year and a half, were there these like you mentioned like he would be kind of like leaning on things or like s- sleeping a lot? Was there anything that was like kind of triggering you to think, oh, maybe my child is dealing with something that isn't the same as other kids who, you know, are quote unquote healthy? Um, admittedly, because Ben was my firstborn, like we have a seventeen-year-old stepdaughter. Um, but because he was my first, I got Ava when she was three. So she'd already gone through all this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was the last to see it. I think my mom kind of probably, and she'll tell you this, because moms never fail to tell you, he probably knew way sooner than any of us. Um, mm-hmm. Like he didn't latch, he wasn't eating, we had to go in for jaundice. Like just this pile of stuff kept happening. My husband clued in way quicker than I did. Ben wasn't focusing. There's some visual concerns. And I was like, I have a baby. I'm happy. It's all good. Like, we'll Mm -hmm. get through it. It'll pass all that shit you tell yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the whole world clued in before I clued in. Mm, And I think, um, I talked to Lauren about this. There's this like process you go through um, when your child's diagnosed. And maybe not all parents do, but I know we definitely do this. You kind of grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, the child right. that you had planned for and you know you're pregnant you're going through all these things and you're looking forward to it and then you know a couple minutes in you're like shit this is not the life we had planned and you feel bad for Ben I think um, especially now that we have a he's got a nine-year-old sister especially since having her I think there's things that he clues into like huh where when he was by himself he's like yeah life's good whatever Mm-hmm. Um, so when like Poppy's running around the house, I'm sure there's a part of him being like, well, why can't I run through the house? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you grieve that experience and you kind of have to like rebuild that. I think that part is actually harder for my husband than me, you know, his little boy and you have all those things. Um, but what does come from that is the normalcy of what it becomes. Um, so 
I was telling Lauren, when we first got Ben's diagnosis, my husband and I both worked in the disability sector, actually. And oh, we got wow. the phrase like, oh, couldn't have happened to two better people. Ben's so lucky. <laughs> and I just remember being like in my head, like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, Ben doesn't deserve this. We don't deserve this. No one deserves this. Like, this isn't the outcome. No one prays that their child's going to come out with any kind of, you know, even if it's an extra finger. Like, you don't, mm. you don't plan for that. You don't. So there's a lot to overcome. Um, mm-hmm. So to answer your initial no, I didn't see it. it took a long time. Failure to thrive that, was the first time. You I think know, that's really I kind normal. of realized. Mm-hmm. I think it's really normal for for, I mean, for parents, and I think I think especially the mother because there is that there is that that the kind of like different connection with that the mother has to a child mm-hmm. versus versus yeah. the father, um, and to to have that sort of like psychological block where 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 it's like you want i'm assuming it's something on the lines of like you want you, you just you just want to keep the keep your reality the reality that you've imagined intact for as long as long as you can until it's like now i have to i have to face this i have to accept this i have to we we need medical help we need we, we need doctors to to diagnose and to treat and all this stuff um i wanted to ask um uh, I, I, obviously this happens in the, in the brain. What is the, what is, is there a, is there an intellectual component to it? Is it all physical? Is it both? Is it a mix? Like, what is the, how does it affect him intellectually or does it? He, absolutely. I'd say he's at a cognitive level between nine and 18 months, depending. Um, the nice part about it is that, and that's why the milestone things drives me crazy because Ben's constantly evolving and changing and growing. So we see really cool things that he's doing. Um, but what might take him four years might take someone four minutes. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he's definitely really low capacity. Um, like he doesn't walk. He's dependent. We have a night nurse at night because he legit does not sleep. When you say, um, when you say does not sleep, is there, is there like hyperbole to that? Or do you, no, like, do you I mean, like, mean he does not sleep? Like, he will not sleep all day. We'll med him. We have to give him melatonin at bed to put him in that sleep state. Wow. Really, that's a nutrition thing more than a sleep thing because we'll have to supplement for his lack of feeding through the day to make sure he's got enough in his system. And he could be up by 11. And so we have a night nurse that starts at 10 to 6 every night because wow. he could legitimately be up all night and then be up all next day. I don't... Uh, how does that... The ponds, how how does that... How does that like manifest in terms of the way that he he acts or reacts? Like, is there you know if he's if he's like I'm I, you know okay I'm a, I I don't have P, uh, PCH obviously, but I can imagine if I didn't sleep at all, I'm gonna be super fucking cranky, yeah, confused, um, like you know, I mean, just like like it would be so hard to function. Do you see that? Do you see that manifesting even in, even in him, or is it just no, not at all? No, my nine-year-old's a nightmare. Um, she doesn't sleep. Um, yeah, she's right. also like super emotional, so that doesn't help. Um, but right. Ben, like, you know, he, he's pretty typical in terms of like mood swings. Like he cries when he's hungry. He cries when he shits himself because it's not comfortable. Who wants to mm. sit in that? Um, he'll cry when we're not playing, or kind of yell at us now um, when we're not playing the right thing. Like pretty typical responses. Mm. Um, but nothing like behaviorally. And I'm a behavioralist in, in my profession. So I am constantly mm. watching and like keeping track of patterns and I, nothing. Wow. And people will still ask us, especially for funding to maintain our nurses. 
what's changed? Is he sleeping more? Nothing is fucking changed. Like, right. like it's insane to me how he functions. Like I don't understand. Do but. you, do you, uh, you know, I mean, I, I do want to kind of stay on this, this line of like w- what the symptoms are just to get a better, a better sort of grasp on who Ben is. Um, but, but in terms of, in terms of, you know, that, that point you just made of like nothing changing and, and being very observant of, of what is happening in your world and, and with Ben, um, is this something that you, you know, you were saying that there's like six other people globally who have this, who have this condition. Do you, do you have a dialogue with those six other families or, or like, is there any kind of like, Hey, this is happening to us. Like, what about you guys? Okay, over I'm, in- I'm going to fuck it up even more for you. you okay. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> According to the literature, which is all we can go on, which is not much because we're basically it. Three of the other individuals that have it are in the Oman and they are related. So that's one family. Whoa, Another whoa. one that was diagnosed was in Florida. He has since deceased. I think that was quite a few years ago. And I'm not entirely sure if the other person was diagnosed officially or not. So we'll just pretend there's five of them. So literally we're it. So, whoa. and there are other variants of PCH and there's a lot that Ben has in common with them. And then there's a lot that he doesn't like they have quite spastic movements and often troubles with respiration. Knock on wood. We don't have that. He's a quite loosey-goosey in his muscle tone, right. which makes it a little bit easier. Um, and breathing, he's good. Like As, as his mother and as a caretaker, does that, does that, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking back to our episode with, um, with Keith um, <clears throat> called Unlocking Bryson's Brain. And Keith is the father to Bryson. Bryson also lives with a, with a condition that, that makes him um, dependent, completely dependent on on his father and his mother and and their caretaker, and but a big thing that um, that Keith has and has created is like a community surrounding um, uh, grins, grins, Gr- yeah, grins, which is the 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 disorder that that Bryson has. So, and and you know, Keith talked to us about how that community that that support system is so vitally important not only for 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 Keith as like a caretaker but also as as a as a, a unit of of a community of people that are coming together to like fight for um advocacy fighting for, for fighting for you know the the funding the the research that needs to go into this rare disorder do you, do you feel like do you feel um do you feel like completely alone in this or, or like, or are you, I'm going to come across like the worst mom ever in terms of this shit. Yeah. Honestly, we are not a family that researches. We are not a family that like, we have this wonderful, it used mm. to be a Yahoo group. Let's date myself. (laughs) We used to have a Yahoo group when Ben was first diagnosed. (laughs) Um, And there was maybe 20 of us in that group. Um, it's now since obviously moved over to Facebook and I couldn't even tell you the numbers in there. But I don't often go in there um, because while, again, he has a similar diagnosis, I don't necessarily find it useful. And I also, admittedly, I get caught up in it and I get upset with it. And so yeah. in 2012, December, see, I can give you dates. Um, we had like four kids pass away from PCH all within like a couple of weeks of each other. And I just like... Mm. I think that was actually worse than Ben's diagnosis for me. And like, I felt really depressed. I started going on meds because I just couldn't get out of that. 
Mm. And that was kind of, I think, my rock bottom, actually, opposed wow. to, you know, mm. diagnosis day. Um, because the fragility of the diagnosis and, like, we were told 18 months to three years, which obviously Ben's kicking ass, like, his life is fucking awesome as far as yeah, he's concerned. Yeah. And we, mm. we work really hard at that. Um, but in terms of the advocacy and being involved in that, we kind of just want to let him live his life. And yeah. we'll do things locally. Like we're involved with the Stollery Children's Hospital and we do a lot of volunteer work there. Um, and then I don't know if you guys know Dave Proctor. Um, he's Rare Disease Foundation guy. He actually created his own uh, rare disease foundation called Outrun Rare. And he's tried to run across Canada in recognition. He's got a son with a rare disorder himself. Um, and so he is raising awareness. He's from Okotoks, Alberta. So that's a little bit more local. So we'll do things in terms of advocacy that way. Mm. Um, but we're pretty like low key. Like mm -hmm. I get it, but I'm also sick of fight fighting battles. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think you're, I don't think what you just said is like a controversial thing. I, I, no. I mean, it is very, it's very different for me to say this, but I think there is some similarities in that, you know, I've I've tried to stay pretty clear away from like cystic fibrosis community forms and stuff, mostly because it's like a it's a it's a it's like a protection mechanism. I think for myself, like I don't I, I it there's sometimes in those in those environments, although there can be a lot of like uplifting conversations and stuff. There's also a lot of like gloom and doom and a lot of. A lot of conversations that like probably wouldn't be great for my own mental health. And so it's like, it's a way for me to just kind of, I find that that distance actually is, has actually been really beneficial for me. Um, so I, I, I understand, I understand where you're coming from. I, I don't think, you know, even if it is an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I think, I think what, it is. I think it, people you know? look at me and they're like, well, how come you don't know more? I'm like, and even there's, um, Ben's diagnosis might change to this cask mic I don't even fucking know. I should know, but COVID hit right at the same time we got the query and I'm just going to get blood work and it's just not fucking happening until the world settles down. Sure, sure. Um, and so I just, I, every time I'm in there and I love those moms, we've met a lot of them. We go down, we're lucky, um, a whole bunch of them are in Salt Lake City. And so every time we drive down to Texas every year, not this year, um, to see my grandfather. And so we'll try and hit as many PCH families as we can because that's really cool. And I mm. want to be in person and I want to see your kids and I want to hold your kids. But especially because, again, knock on wood, Ben doesn't struggle the same way. Um, his needs and challenges are quite different. It's hard to sit in those. And it is, it's totally self-protection. I used to be so much more involved in that group and I used to help moderate it. And I just, I can't. I think Because I the think... more I'm in it, the more I get weighed down by it and the world's heavy as it is and our life for the most part is not heavy our life is pretty wicked like we've been lucky we both maintained our employment through covid my three kids are kicking ass and what they're doing and like aside from that really what else matters mm -hmm. <laughs> well i in in my opinion i think that like what's important is that we we have uh as individuals that we're a part of a community where we have that ability to have that open, um, open conversations with people where, where they will support you emotionally. And, you know, if you have that, if you have that sense of community in other places in your life, then you don't necessarily need to be part of a support group to, to get that emotional support from other human beings. Like Jerry, like I think that you would pretty, um, clearly identify with having a good support system in friends and family 
And so therefore you don't need to necessarily go and find a group of or community online to fill that that void. But for mm-hmm. a lot of people who don't have that same level of support at home, those place places can be yeah. amazing resources for 100%. them. So, I think yeah. you're actually I think you just hit it spot on. We're lucky both our parents are here. My mom actually as a profession has always run a day home. So I have someplace safe for Ben to go during the day. Um, so his parents are great. They babysit on the weekends so that my mom, we don't have to call her. Um, his siblings are all here. Like everyone's so useful and like helpful and even just loving. Like we're very fortunate. Maybe that's why I don't feel that need to necessarily go into those social media platforms. Um, I try and share Ben as much as possible, even for like, it sounds terrible, but as educational purposes, like, I remember taking Ben into Poppy, uh, my youngest's class, two years ago. And she's like, Mom, it's show and tell, which sounds terrible. But she was like six or seven, and that's the language <laughs> yeah. they use. And like, yeah. well, actually, maybe this is a good opportunity for show and tell because they'll understand that Ben's the older brother. He's mm. got these differences and blah, blah, blah. And now it's cool because they're on Messenger since COVID. Fuck it, Messenger, but it's also really <laughs> awesome. Um, but they're always asking about Ben and they want Ben to go on the video and, Uh, you know, even for Ben's birthday next year, Poppy's best friend or next year, next week, Poppy's best friend wants to drop by to drop something off. And I just think, well, uh, shit, if I've created that community just in our own little circle here in Edmonton, you know, and I've reached, you know, even if it's just Poppy's classmates, like 30 kids and their families, I'm like, well, that's fucking cool. And we've done Mm -hmm. something then, right? Because then those kids are going to be aware as they get older and then maybe they're not going to turn out to be assholes. Yeah, absolutely. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Chrissy, I wanted to I wanted to ask you. You said you mentioned uh, you mentioned something uh, a while ago about where you where you said you um, you noticed that like sort of recently you, you, that Ben might be noticing that Poppy is is doing things differently and he that he's not doing and you know no, maybe noticing that starting to notice that that difference. Um, and this is this I guess this will maybe be a little bit theoretical or, or speculative, but um, raising a child with a condition that is, that is so, that is, so, that breaks so broadly affects, you know, like every aspect of, uh, of Ben's, of Ben's life and his experience. Are do you, I'm trying to think of, of, I, I was watching, um, and God, we've mentioned this TV, I've mentioned this TV show like a thousand times on the podcast over the past month. So I apologize to our listeners. Unnatural selection. There was this character <laughs> that they were following. Um, and he has uh, uh, spinal mus- muscular atrophy and he's, you know, so he, he was, he's super, super affected physically, but not really, but not really intellectually. Mm-hmm. And, and, there, there's something that strikes that strikes me as someone who you know doesn't have have experience with a child with a with um, with a disability. Um, that 
that seeing somebody who who is who is so cognitively aware of their of their situation and where they are i'm wondering if 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 there's it's almost like a I, again this is like another thing where i'm like i don't want this to sound insensitive is it is it sort of a blessing that ben yes. is is not aware or at how least dare fully you aware? taylor yeah, yeah, I know, but I, you, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I haven't said myself. Yeah, I don't want to take away from Ben as a person at all because that's not what I mean. But that, but that, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't have he does he's not able to be fully aware of what of his situation and, and what his limitations are. Absolutely. Is that a blessing think, from your perspective? I think so. I think because and because he's so lucky in other ways, like the other daycare family love him and play with him, and there's a little girl that just gets him and will like pick up his blocks a hundred times, no matter how many times he spits all over her. Um, so I think there's that blessing is a good word for it. Um, that he maybe doesn't know any better because I've worked with adults with disabilities and I work with kids in junior high and high school right now. Um, and it really sucks to be different, but it sucks more when your peers know you're different and maybe mm-hmm. ignore you because of it or yeah. write you off because of it, or bully you because of it. And luckily, I do think that even as we move more, even you know, 2020 versus 2015, I think like my junior high kids are so inclusive. They don't care. They care if you're a dick. And if you're a nice mm. person, no, you're included. If you're an asshole, you're not. Like no one wants to hang around the bad kids anymore, the kids that get expelled. That's not cool anymore. So I think it's harder That's for nice the to kids. Hear. Yeah, well, in my, my experience, and, and I work in a hard junior <laughs> high. Like it's a um, very difficult demographic. We have some social housing, and then we have all like the newer areas with the people who have like huge ass mansions. And so, like when you're looking, like some kids have the new iPhone, and some is using like the first generation, whatever. But right. they don't care. So that's nice. But I think if you were to move back ten years ago, you know, five years, ten years, that didn't exist. And you can even go as far as back as putting people with disabilities into institutions versus mm-hmm. living in community homes now, right? Yeah. And when you're working with those individuals who are aware that they're different, it sucks. And you can't even really support them in the greatest ways because it's an intrinsic thing. And I do think Ben not having that intrinsic awareness is helpful for him. Mm. And I think it helps him and us too, because it sucks sometimes. You know, there was, um, I think, five or six little boys are all born at the same time in my friend's group, and they're all going into grade five or six. I don't even know. Uh, whatever grade you go into when you're 12. Five or six. The, yeah. yeah, numbers. Or six, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, they're still in elementary. And so watching them grow has been hard, and you lose some of those connections. But then there's some moms who are so supportive, and they still reach out to you, even though I'm a giant jerk and I never reach out back because it's just so hard sometimes um but I think I to answer your question again I do think it helps for him and I feel for the ones who are aware and I've watched it and to experience that and to be left out of stuff like it's and does that does that translate mm. to you does that translate into you as well as like somebody who obviously is you know protective and you want to and you you know you don't want anything you know it used to when we first started on this roller coaster and now I couldn't care less. What I do care about is that it affects our youngest. So sometimes like she'll get emotional or like, even if Ben has an appointment, Poppy gets anxiety about it. And so Mm. and him being left out of birthday parties and things like that affect her actually more than 
it impacts him ever because he doesn't, you know, what you don't know doesn't hurt you, but it hurts her. And so I think that's actually the worst part about it is that Poppy feels so much that she feels all the things. I sometimes joke that she got Ben's leftover brain because she came (laughs) second. And I think she also got all those emotions and feelings too because she is like, fuck, I feel sorry for whoever she ends think, up within her life because she is, <laughs> she is fire and water like she's so loving yeah, but yeah, yeah. do not cross that girl because she will tear you apart which is yeah. a great quality to have yeah. but maybe not at night yeah. i think yeah. that's uh i think that's really i think i um, thank you for for like taking us through that because i I hear that and part of the reason why it can it, it's always so great to have conversations with um, caretakers is because you tend to, we tend to get this really uh, incredible zoomed out view um, of 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 what it means to have an illness and you mm-hmm. like um, you know just you know that like you, I would never I would never intuitively make that connection that that mm-hmm. that there it has such a deep impact on your on your second born and there and how they're going through that like. You you think okay well it affects him on some level you know he's her brother but to to really get the kind of the details of how you see that integrating with how she's growing up and how she's developing and mm. it's really cool to to hear. Speaking she's of do po- amazing things, but she's going to have some heartbreak along the way for sure. Yeah. Speaking of Poppy, um, uh, it's my turn now for the uh, the insensitive question, right, guys? I like uh, so, insensitive uh, questions. Uh, uh, speak, speaking of Poppy. Um, <laughs> What was the because because Poppy is younger than Ben, correct? Yeah, she's nine. Okay, so what what was the was there any sort of um, was there any sort of hesitation uh, about having a second child um, after after going through everything that you went through with Ben? Uh, yes and no, not a lot. Um, I think ultimately, you know, with any having a second child regardless, you kind of weigh the pros and cons and because it's expensive to have kids and like you worry about time management and even just like where you live and like all those things. So once you weigh all the factors that every family does, I think my husband and I just said, fuck it because Ben's pretty awesome and he's got a great life and he's doing great things. And I mean, he's just, Ben's adorable. Like his laugh can light up an entire room. And what is the worst thing that could happen? we have another Ben or we have another child similar to Ben or maybe with something else. Like if we can tackle this mountain, we mm. can do it again. We don't want to do it again. And God bless the families that have more than one child with a disability. I can't imagine what that is like. Um, but we kind of just dove off the board and went for it. Mm. So, how did, but we how... did to have like eight or so MRIs along the way like uh, to watch. So we got... There was no surprises. We knew she was a girl right away. And we got to watch her develop, which was really cool because they were doing research along the way. So that right. was neat. Uh, sort of like piggybacking on that question about was there, you know, was there hesitation? Um, I'm wondering how, how, like, how all of this, like your entire family dynamic um, with having a child with a, with a rare disability like Ben, how, how, if any, how much has this taken a toll on your relationship with your husband? Oh, <laughs> there are days that it doesn't, and we're very typically happy and struggling marriage. Not struggling, but you know, you have your daily struggles. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, and sure. then there's days where, like, I don't. 
sometimes you're like, we're, we stayed together because of Ben initially. Not now. Now we're so many years in. But at the beginning, you're like, are we staying together because of Ben or are we staying together because we've decided to commit to each other in a life together? Mm. Um, that was really short for us because we actually, we broke up while I was pregnant with Ben. Let's make it more complicated. Wow. Okay. Um, we both come out of relationships and maybe weren't in the best headspace. And then, I mean, you know how you get pregnant. We're not stupid. And then we got pregnant. Um, so we spent some time <laughs> apart and I'd say we dated, which was great. Um, and then he moved in and never left. My, and then we got married and then we had Poppy. Um, and so we always joke that we only have one legitimate child because <laughs> Abe and Ben are both done more difficult ways, you know. <laughs> right. um, it's definitely challenging. The thing is for us, and he'll kill me, but he's like so chill that nothing like frustrates him. Like even the people parking in the disability uh, spot at our hotel in Kelowna last week doesn't piss him off. It pissed me off like red. Like I was at 10. Cause like you don't have a placard. There's one spot. Like you're like, you have legs. You're so lucky. Like I go from zero to 10 in a second. And he's like, man, <sighs> we can walk. We have legs. I'm like, that's all the point. Yeah, um, dude, that's that. My mom, my mom is like she like anything can just get under her skin, and and no. uh, we we uh, we live dude, in like a condo so townhouse, and there's a uh, like the parking lot is always a problem here, and like yeah. I couldn't care less about who parks and whose spot. Like I don't even think people should have assigned spots. Let's so get real about who but, is causing the issues in the parking lot. Uh, it's my lot. neighbor, but anyway, it's your neighbor. But, but, but we we come down dude, to the internal politics of that of that. <laughs> little courtyard is Dude, so funny to me wild it's crazy it's but it's, it's, a little it should be her, show, right? but, it's but my, my mom we we pulled into uh the parking lot last week and somebody was parked in her spot and that <gasps> mother no no and she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna go and i'm gonna knock on all these fucking doors until i find the person and then i'm gonna get them to move and then guess what if i can't time? find them she's oh, like no God. just this is one time one time ever and See? and and she's like i'm gonna oh you know what and even if i can't i'm gonna write a fucking note i'm gonna write a fucking note and i'm gonna put it on his windshield and i'm gonna i'm gonna leave my phone number and i'm gonna tell him where i live so he can come and talk to me about it and i was like oh, what why don't you just park in the visitor spot right next to it it's even closer to your house like what it's the bread it's up, O'Brien. It is the it principle was that. of it. Yeah, it was that. But Look, there's other times where the disability like, thing whatever. is another thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the winter, when there's 20 feet of snow, then it really bothers me. Totally. Right now, yeah. it's like whatever. Like a walk. It's that, like it's I like mean, the people it, who like circle around at the gym to get the closest spot. I'm like, you're going to the gym. Walk yeah. the extra 20 feet. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. And the for, like I don't get it. But. If it's a disability spot and the parking lot is full and yeah. you. Yeah, and you have one of those placards and you need to park closer to the door, then that fucking sucks. If you're my mom and you just don't want to be inconvenienced by somebody being in your spot, then chill out a little but bit. Like, uh, he's so super chill that like the entire parkade will be full and he'll feel bad using it because we are capable of carrying Ben and whatever. It is a convenient thing, but there'll be 20 disability spots and like two parking spots left in the main lot. I'm like, well, then let's park in disability for sure so we can leave that open for someone who doesn't have a disability placard. And he's like, well, like... But it, so it goes both yeah. ways, right? I'm like, no, right. there's yeah, 20 yeah. stalls. No one's using them. You don't even have to feel bad about the fact that you can carry Ben. Like, yeah. because someone else is going to want that stall and they can't use the dis- <laughs> that's, that's, Anyway. That's very true. I, uh, that's very so true. It, compro- <laughs> it comes down to compromise, right? I in every you. relationship. <laughs> Every relationship. I was, uh, yeah. I was, I was running. I was in, I was downtown, and I ran into. And in in Halifax, there's a. a, a I, I don't know if it's like this in Calgary, but there's a lot of. Um, we have a lot of like two hour parking spots on mm-hmm. like all on the sidewalk in, in Halifax, um, um, like free with, with no meters and and 
and and usually there's there's these there's these sections of two hour parking, and then uh, that are you know what however long they are, let's say call them fifty feet, and then there will be like twenty feet next to it of of like sidewalk like handicap space, mm-hmm. and um, and I pulled up to this uh, I pulled up to uh, a, a an ATM on the on the side of the road. And and I was in a rush. I pulled up, and I thought that I was in this this two hour parking parking spot. <laughs> I pulled up. I jumped out of my car, ran in like ten feet to the ATM, got out money, turned around, and there's a cop at my car. And I'm so like, "Whoa, hop- what's going?" You started I'm, hopping. I'm like, "Yeah, and you were yeah, good. So I, yeah." So I started <laughs> pretending like I had really hard. Yeah. Um, and so and <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't pretend that. You started swinging <laughs> and, your leg, and so you just <laughs> dropped to the ground and crawled with just your arms. And so he goes, the cop. The cop goes, the cop. I go, I go. Oh man, what 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 are you doing? What are you doing? And he, he points up at the sign. And I was like, "Oh no, I didn't even realize." And he was like. He was like, "Yeah, you didn't realize," and I was like, "I know that sounds crazy, but I swear to God, I didn't realize. I thought that it was two hours. I was just running in." And as he's saying this, and he's got his ticket book out, and these two young girls are walking by, and he goes, "He goes, hey, uh, girls, can I ask you? Uh, can I ask you a question?" Oh no! And I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> he goes, <laughs> "He goes, um, what do you think about my friend right here? Uh, just parked in a uh, just parked in a handicap spot." Uh, while well, he ran into the ATM and uh, they just took the handicap spot, ACAB, and then they took just, the no Brian shut up. Oh, took dude, the handicap he's spot. You under the bus, so and hard. he was like, he was like, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of this young guy parking in the handicap spot when he's got when he's just look oh. just look at him. He's totally fine, just going about, just running in, running his errands, parking in handicap spots. And they were like, we think that's pretty gross. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, and he, and then, and then, and, they, then, and, they then, and then those two girls were like, wait a minute, isn't that that guy from that sick boy podcast? <laughs> and then, and then the cop goes, then the cop, then they, they carried on and the cop goes, that's it. No ticket needed. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, man. Shaming is good, too. I think a little bit oh. of shame as a reminder yeah. sometimes is okay. Yeah. I think that's there's better that than quote, a ticket. Laziness isn't a disability or whatever that quote is, right? Oh. Like, so That's a great story, Taylor. That's, good that's job. better that was, than a ticket, for oh, sure. That was good. Yeah, I mean... But that, please like, that the will, girls were hot, too. Like, yeah, 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 they, yeah. They, were, yeah. they were attractive young, young gals. And, uh, and Even really, better. Really made me feel like... He really made me feel like he wanted uh, to make me feel, fuck. which was far more effective than yeah. a, yeah, a you'll never do monetary that again. penalty. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, uh, <laughs> I do. I do want to kind of reel it back to something that that came up earlier that you you sort of touched on for a bit there, Christy. But this notion of um, this notion of processing grief um, and and a, a grief that maybe people wouldn't typically. Um, originally think about when thinking of the word grief, but you know, there's lots of different types of grief that we go through in life. The grief of the loss of relationships, the grief of, you know, death, the grief that you're talking about here of, of grieving something that you thought was going to be. And, and all of a sudden it's now starting to look like it's going to be very different. Um, what did you, do, do you recall like what that process was like for you personally, like what you, what you did to go through that process of grief and what tools you used, if any? Um, I think for us, and again, like my husband is so incredible at that stuff. Cause he's just like calm and cool. Like he's <laughs> that whole thing. Like he's just 
nothing phases him in the best ways. Like, not to say he's not compassionate because he is, but he's just so, like, well thought and he's like, you know, the world is what it is. So it's for him to be like that and then for me to be the way I am, I think we just kind of found this middle ground. And when we started going through this, we kind of just decided that if something was going to be important to one, it was going to be important to the other. So if there's something I really cared about, he would support that and vice versa. And if it was something either of us gave two shits about, then we'd let it slide. Um, so I think that was kind of part of getting through that process is we compromise that we're going to feel things differently. Mm. And something, again, for me, that's going to be a 10 on my hit list might be a three for him, but we'll support each other and vice versa, you know? Like, and we kind of just agreed that way. Um, but I think also then once we accepted Ben's diagnosis and we really kind of, we still don't really understand what it's going to mean for him because we just live it instead of stress ourselves out about it. We threw ourselves into creating a life for Ben that would be meaningful and included mm. and not like included in school. Cause I think that's bullshit. No one wants my 11 year old spitting at the back of the room with a whole bunch of typical 11 year olds, like listening to Elmo. And he actually really loves this uh, Canadian singer, Royal Wood. Don't know if you guys know him. Yeah, I know like, Royal Wood. Yeah, so Ben listens to him every night. I'm not joking. For like the last since our first Texas trip, so like since 2011, every. Um, <laughs> but do you, so do you put which is better than Elmo? But but do you put that music on though, or does he like does he like request that by like reacting to the music? Or how I'm do you not know? even joking. So we were like in the Texas Houston Zoo, and it was a fucking nightmare because I put my purse down, and of course people took our money, which is fine because I'm an idiot. Like it was my fault and we're so stressed and it was also, all it I had on my just did that. <laughs> yeah but they left my passport <laughs> so thank you yeah, okay. like they left everything <laughs> they just took our cash mm-hmm. but it was like Avery was like 11 at the time so she was like going to American girl and had saved mm-hmm. up all anyway whatever it's terrible but we only had for some reason that CD we'd gone to see David Gray and Royal had opened up for him we bought the CD and for some reason that was the only thing that I had on my iPod I don't fucking know why this is how it turned out and Ben instantly calmed down and we're just like Mm. huh and like even coming back from Kelowna he's got a little fracture in his elbow um and he's just miserable in the car seat for nine hours I don't blame him and he's getting really cranky and I tried like all the songs he likes he likes the Beatles he like hey Jude if you switch it to hey Ben he thinks you're God um Mm. but you put Royal Wood on and he instantly calms down like wow, cool. <laughs> cool. Just the weirdest thing. And Royal was so lovely. He actually invited us to like a stage rehearsal a couple of years ago because uh. Ben and the crowd would be like, ah! like it would ruin everyone's experience. Um, uh. But we got to go and watch like their dress rehearsal or whatever they call it, and that was oh, super awesome. super cool. Yeah, but that's just like I don't know how it really became what it is but we're like 10 years into royal wood every fucking night. <laughs> i'm sure my nurse who we've had the last six years is ready to like we've tried <laughs> other things like we've tried leon bridges who's lovely and like he actually really likes the greatest showman soundtrack but aside from that it's royal wood 95 percent of the time interesting you should just uh, send him a letter and be like hey can you produce uh like more albums quicker please <laughs> I, I know right because we need to refresh yeah. the music yeah how does, feel about, like, how does he feel about headphones he loves headphones, and I think because then you don't helps. have to deal with Royal Wood. Well, and that helps. But his head's so small because he has microcephaly, so he's got a tiny, tiny head. It's really hard. So we always joke that like we won't buzz Ben's hair because we don't want to give him the disabled haircut. Like if you think about individuals with Down syndrome, like twenty years ago, they buzzed them all because that was the like disability haircut. That was the cut, right? right. Like fuck. 
And so, but now we do it because you've got so much hair, it's hot. And so I tried to like yeah. make it a little more modern with a little faux hawk, but his, nothing stays on his head. So then my mom, let's make matters worse. Let's make him look more handy because that's the term I use because moms can say whatever the fuck they want. And she puts foam <laughs> under the like frame of the headphones and duct tape around it. So not only does Ben spit everywhere and wail oh, and wave his arms, but now he's got these headphones with this big like, I don't know, skin tone foam. <laughs> like, just like, and they don't care anymore because whatever, but just sometimes you feel for him and you're like, do we need to make you look like this disabled there's some dignity in here we're missing but he just he doesn't care he wants yeah, to he, if he fucking rocks yeah, it yeah. he rocks it you know and, what I, mean? I mean he's so happy and then he'll laugh but he'll instantly calm down so oh. that's super cool but yeah. yeah he loves the headphones and i think that helps sometimes the world is overstimulating i'm not mm. a big people person i pretty much fucking hate people <laughs> um, I just, no, I like, no offense taken. It's, uh, I, I no, but like, I like the, I, I, everyone's like, Oh, quarantine. I'm like, oh, fucking love quarantine. Yeah. Um, but he sometimes needs that isolation from the world. I think sometimes it's overstimulating and because it's hard for him to focus and catch up sometimes that that is definitely the best outlet mm. for him, whether it's that or he likes a stupid show, Coco Melon. Like, I could <laughs> no, recite no, every no. Coco Melon yeah. song. Um, so yes, you should uh, you should get him on the Art Zuka train. Just just saying, you know, I used to host a children's television show, and uh, <laughs> he might really like it. I <laughs> I've heard from other parents that Sorry, it bad. is a grade A babysitter if you can't afford one. Um, um, Chris, yeah, uh, I was gonna. I wanted to ask, like, what is? I know that you are like really focused on on the living in the present with Ben, and you don't think too much about like what that future looks like, but what, like, what does the future look like for Ben? Is it, and like, is that an okay question to ask? Yeah, no, we're, I told, I told Lauren too, we're, nothing's off books for us. Like we don't care. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I have, we but, don't plan too far ahead outside <laughs> of like our planning for like our family. Like where right. are we going on vacation next? Or like, how are we going to do this? Or like, I guess sometimes I guess like, it's like, can we build a deck for Ben? Like, but in terms of longevity and like where he's going to be in five years, I don't fucking know. I guess like the, the like the con to provide some context to the reason why I asked the question too is obviously I'm curious, mm-hmm. but but um, I run a, a non for profit with my girlfriend where we teach yoga to people who live with intellectual disabilities. That was a cool way to plug that, Brian. And, yeah, good. Um, and. Good shot. And uh, and one of like the challenges that we constantly come across and hear about is that the outside of like the the public school system and having kind of that support for people with intellectual disabilities during the day where they can go to this place and you know get access to um, some outside source of care like once they turn you know twenty two twenty three twenty four uh, that is kind of put back on the parents. And so mm. life after that for the parents, like oftentimes uh, there's like this, this new stress that's added to um, their lives. So, you know. Uh, yeah. In terms of that, I do know our plan for Ben. Um, we both, Postal and I both worked in a group home setting. He actually manages group homes now um, in his profession. And while I think there are some kick-ass caregivers and employees out there who are really meaningful and well-intended and are great at giving medication. That is not Ben's future. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Alberta is really big on family managed services. Um, and so for as long as possible, Ben will be at home. What that will look like, I'm not sure. I think uh, when my mom retires and decides she wants a life of her own, we'll have you know some new barriers to look at. Um, but Ben will be in our home. We actually just moved in January, and a lot of the consideration in buying the home we did was the longevity of keeping Ben here. Cool. And so we made sure, like, the nurse and him, they have their own bathroom. They have a huge space downstairs. Um, we just have a two-story walkout, but they basically own the bottom floor, and then our big kid has the other bedroom because she's only here on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've definitely planned for that longevity in terms of keeping Ben at home. Um, and then using respite services or whatever. My goal ultimately is like our night nurse who we've had for so long and she works six nights a week and she's never called in sick, not once in six years. She missed a shift. Like she's wow. fucking wicked. That um, sounds like yeah. uh, that sounds like us in the podcast, you know, not, not one <laughs> week. Missed we missed single an one. Yeah. Um, I hope she'll go to days maybe one day and then take him during the day because mm. outside of our family, our night nurse is the woman I trust most mm-hmm. with our son so that's awesome but we'll that's... see we're not there yet and it fucking scares me mm-hmm. um we'll have to face it one day but you're right i don't just don't know so i don't stress myself out and again i think it's a you know self-preservation thing as like mm. if i take too much on then i get lost in it yeah and then definitely. you know i'm worried about this even like on the days he's home <clears throat> and like the kids are home and they're not at daycare and I'm like, oh, I need to do this, this, and this today instead of just being with them. Like, who cares if the kitchen gets clean? I've missed out on three hours with the kids because I've done all this other shit. So even, yeah. like, in the daily stuff, I, like, I can't because I, I don't manage that stuff well. Right. right? I can keep track of all his appointments and I can tell you everything you want to know about, you know, all <laughs> four of them, really. But in terms of packings on my shoulders, I try not to mm. do it. Um, we we're coming up to time here. So I've got I've got two more questions. One is actually coming in from our Patreon community, uh, patreon.com slash sickboy. If you want to uh, get, uh, sneak a question into the a show, a lot of shameless plugs uh, here, you guys. Uh, this Great. is uh, this is coming from Megs, um, and you you might have kind of touched on this earlier, but is education possible for Ben? What does that look like for him? Under our current Alberta government, I don't know. Mm. Um, we started out in you know pursuing education but because of his disability and because I work in the school system I don't I think if Ben could keep up a little bit more that would be something we pursue but I don't want my 11 year old baby not to do him a disservice but the back of our room with people ignoring him spitting and needing to be mm. changed and not like, I just don't want that fight so we've been doing home schooling for the sure. last two years I don't know if that's an option next year um, but really we're just working on what he's capable of so like vocalizing with intent you know showing preference and like things that make sense uh we've said that if he could go to play school forever that would be ideal Mm. and i think we might be able to pursue that one day um his old play school i think would take him on and when my mom is retired she would take him to play school forever which would just be so happy for him (laughs) uh and i guess our our last question before we wrap here is you know, as someone who lives with a child who has a disability and, a, and and lives with a rare disease, what advice would you give to parents out there, whether they be uh, uh, brand new parents of a, a child with a rare disease or, or disability or, or parents who have been, you know, around the block with, with a child mm-hmm. 
who lives with a rare disease or disability? What, what advice would you, would you want to kind of put out there to the world? Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is really perspective and to really consider even opportunities that are being offered, um, whether it's medical or whatever it is, to really consider how that's going to impact you and your family. And you don't have to say yes to everything. So if you don't think this study is going to benefit your kid, don't fucking do it. There's no point. If that kid doesn't need blood work, don't put them through that stress. Like that perspective of what your family goal is, not just for your child, but your family goal. Mm. And if you maintain that vision for your family and what it's going to look like collectively, I think you will be much happier and settled in your experience as a disabled parent, as a parent of a disabled child. Well, Christy, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day today to sit down with us and give us a little bit of insight into your life and, uh, and to uh, giving us a little bit of insight into Ben's life and, and what he's like as a human. And uh, uh, we really, really do appreciate it. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, thank you out there for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We're going to be back next week, like we always are, with another wonderful conversation. And in the meantime, follow us on Spotify and like us and give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, tell us us how much you love us by sending us, uh, by sending an email directly to Taylor at taylor at sickboypodcast.com. Just let him know how much you love him. I don't mind that. I know you thought you were throwing me under the bus there, Jer, but you're really not. And let me just pick it up uh, from there since you fumbled along so so lovely so so in such a loving way there. Uh, if you want to support us in other ways, you can go to patreon.com slash sickboy and uh, and contribute to our Patreon. Uh, you know, you just heard a question submitted from our Patreon community that's uh, that's a part of our Discord channel um, that you get access to when you join our Patreon. Uh, you get we, we do hangouts with our patrons every every Wednesday, and you get access to all of our digital live shows as a part of your contribution to Patreon. So uh, we love all y'all, everybody who has co- contributed and, and been a part of the awesome Patreon community that we have. Thank you You're so much. You're our favorites. Patreon, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't going to say it. You're but, a favorite, and everyone else, not not as favorite. Not as favorite. You're, you're, you're a okay favorite, too. but not yeah, as favorite not as, as, fa- the, not as the most yeah. favorite, yeah. though. So, yeah. just saying, patreon.com slash sickboy. I love everybody equally. No, you just don't. Uh, okay. And, and thanks, as always, to our manager, Jeff Lonis, and co-producer and communications lead, Lauren Sankey. Uh, also... Thanks to Donovan, the meerkat, Morgan, for the amazing sound design on the show. Hey, Donovan, I want to give you a week off. Uh, don't worry about doing any extra special things here at the end of this episode. Uh, but don't worry. I'll, nah, I'll be back nah, with Donovan. Something. Donovan, flip, flip, no. flip, the, flip the script, dude. No. Do something wild right now. Wow, that was crazy. You know, it's funny. Donovan for a second was like, sweet, awesome. I'm almost done this. It's 3.30 in the morning on a Sunday (laughs) night when he's editing this, and he's like, fuck. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy, and this is Circle.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.